I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustleshare PDAX. Also powered by Podmachine, the simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. That was the other thing that I learned that I was able to apply here is really to get the customer feedback and to take it to heart. Because again, as much as you want to do something great, again, if the customer doesn't like it or the users doesn't like it, it's not going to work out. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of Share Podcast. We are out of the storm. My goodness. Uh, this is uh, coming off of the latest typhoon, Paeng. That just ravaged this whole country, but I hope everybody's safe and able to recover. It's really, really um, interesting to see new startup founders like this guy who's we're gonna uh, come up because again, the whole startup ecosystem has been, you know, it's unprecedented in terms of creating new startups and new founders. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen the journey. 
And this guy is doing something that hasn't been done before or at least something that has not been attempted and became successful. And hopefully he does make it. And before I get carried away, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Ram Morales of Stat. Whoop, whoop. Ram, welcome to the <laughs> thank show. You, thank you. All right. Hey, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Okay. Again, hope you're safe and I'm rooting for you. I hope you uh, do really well with Stat. And again, um, it's very, Thank very you. interesting what you're doing, but I will not take away your thunder because I got I have to ask you the million dollar question. Ram, what's your hustle? Actually, Stat, we are revolutionizing the, the access of medicine in the Philippines. Mm. So to put it in um, users or consumers' perspective, we are an we're the first on-demand medicine delivery services in the Philippines. Nice. So but just take note, this is just the first uh, product that we're doing. We're doing, you know, a whole lot of uh, features in the future as well. Now, health-related. Nice. And again, very interesting because this is something that, again, became a really important part, uh, especially during the pandemic. And as we end the pandemic, access to medicine, not drugs, okay? These are prescription medicine. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> not the illegal drugs yep. <laughs> that are ravaging this country, right? Um, it, it's uh, prescription yes. meds. That again, uh, it's very still very difficult with all these on-demand apps that are there and whatnot. This is something that nobody's actually figured out, and I want to understand why. But before I get carried away, I need to ask you to buckle up because we're gonna have to find your origin story. Okay. Because we're gonna have to ride the hustle share time machine. <laughs> That's our secret in evading the Baha. <laughs> we do have a time machine that goes all the way through the quantum realm. But again, um, I want to understand, uh, Ram, because again, I'm I'm looking at your LinkedIn, and you're you're an old fart like me. That's what I what I can conclude. <laughs> You've been around, okay. But again, uh, you you've been in tech, finance. Uh, customer service and whatnot, but I want to understand before you got into this journey, what was growing up like? Is entrepreneurship has was entrepreneurship even like something that was discussed in your family? Because again, not everybody gets exposure, okay. especially as a full blown Filipino to entrepreneurship. Because most typical Filipinos, I'm not saying you're typical Filipino, um, but I'm saying most typical Filipinos. Are hardwired for employment. Okay, and I want I want to understand your path towards uh, being an entrepreneur. Okay, um, the young the youngest memory I can remember, you know, with my entrepreneurial uh, spirit, is when I was about, siguro mga six seven years old. No? So we in, in our family, we I belong in a very large family, no. Yeah. Low 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 la pizza and ganon. So ganon yung household namin. So when we were growing up, during summer, we were selling yung mga quick-quick uh, outside our house. Tapos we're selling uh, load. Nice. Diba, time na yun, ano pa, yung mga card pa yung load nun eh. So yep. we were selling that time also yellow-yellow, yung mga ganyan. Nice. Um, basically, that's where it started. In fact, we um, there was also a time that yung lola ko bought a very small pizza stand. Nilagay namin sa labas ng house namin. 
Wow. Ng pizza. So we were really involved, you know, growing up in, in selling those things. So I guess that's where I sort of started. But yeah. yung my own journey talaga, I started when, siguro ano to, nung college, nagbibenta ako ng mga slimming coffee. So binibili ko sa mga mm. ito. Papatungan ko, times three. Wow! <laughs> sa mga yeah, students. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was earning hello, I was earning about 5,000 a week noon. So for a college student, malaki na. That's a lot of money. So yep. that was I, I guess that was my first ano, that was my first um own entrepreneurial journey. And I I can I, I can relate. I did something similar. It's just not slimming coffee that I sold. I sold makeup because I lost three phones in a month. Um my mom was so angry she didn't have money anymore to like, all right, I have makeup that I'm selling here, sell it to your classmates. The most embarrassing thing ever. But that's also when I realized that, holy crap, I can boodle people. You know, they can't say no to me. <laughs> and that was the whole yes. eureka moment. Like, oh, my God, this is probably the blessing that God gave me to really set me up for, for that. But during that time, was was it? did you enjoy it? Because for me, I remember there was a lot of shame. Maybe it's because of the product that I was selling. I was very ashamed. I was carrying on a big-ass backpack. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> they don't know that inside this backpack are not books, but a shit ton of makeup, right? Uh, and I was very ashamed because I was just trying to make money to to buy a phone again. Just again, who 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 can have who can afford to not have a phone in college, right? Back then, like yeah, even if it's just a dumb phone, but a phone is a phone. But yeah. for you, was there a lot of Shame was their pride. What was their demeanor like, and what did you really realize doing that? Um, at first, it was really more about um the interest of selling. Um, another I think another um in um factor for me or another influence on is my mother because my mother is a is very good person. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the influence that I have now, and I also got interested in growing up. Bakit yung mga tao bumibili sa nanay ko? <laughs> Yun yung isang factor na naisip ko growing up. But another thing is, I was really interested in tinkering things. I remember growing up, ito isa pang ginawa ko, uh, pinagkakitaan ko before. Nag-build ako ng bike, um, ng BMX, nung when I was grade 6. Isipin mo, weekly bumibili ako sa Kiapo ng parts. And then I had somebody na nagbubuo nun. And then nung nabauna, binenta ko. Kumita ako din, mga 3,000 pesos. So, nice. That's another, for me, that those are the two things for me. Um, the selling, why do people buy from my mother? Yun yung question ko. And then second, it's more of, you know, tinkering things, finding out why it works and why not. And then yung financial reward, this was, was just more of a, you know, a bonus na lang eh, for me. Well, what was the answer that you found out? Like, you know, for me, my mom also is a master budulera. Um, she, she can never, she can go into a room Sell some random trinket that she got also from another friend and make a good margin. I never understood it, but it's a mixture of several things. When but before I answer mine, I want to under, understand how did what what was your conclusion of how your mom did it? Um, first is the trust because my mother was really known then so niya, and whenever she sells something, it really works. So yeah. she was able to build that trust. And then second, definitely the grit. You know, because sales is really hard. You know, selling something is really hard. Especially if you get rejected. 
So for me, yun two things talaga. If people really see you na very persistent ka, they really see you. But I mean, persistent in a in a nice way. Hindi yung persistent is persistent na nakakairita. Hard sell. So if you're really <laughs> really persistent, yun that's another one. But lastly, syempre, they're not gonna buy something that they don't need or they don't want. Correct. So if you want to sell something na hindi nila kailangan, you have to create a yan, FOMO. You have to create, you know, um, a hype around the product. So yep. ayun, basically, yun yung tatlo na tutunan. Totally agree. And my mom is the same. If, if I may just add, there's one thing that also she was able to build. It's a network. She was always networking, even if she wasn't <laughs> selling anything. She was just having to expand her network, making friends everywhere. And then when the right opportunity came, she would sell something at the right timing also. Because at the end of the day, the last thing is like, hey, how are you? Would you want to buy my shit? Like that, that's not how she did it. Right? She said, uh, <laughs> make several favors first, you know, and whatnot, asking for nothing. But again, building that trust within her network also uh, came in. So in the event that she needed to sell, they can't say no. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it's just her, their generation, right? <laughs> they were carved out of the same uh, cloth. The Boodle Mums. Cloth. Uh, the Boomer Generation. <laughs> boodle Boomers. We call them the Correct. Boodle <laughs> All right. Actually, your wife, ko, no? every, every time your wife ko lumalabas kami sa, you know, um, in familiar locations, sabi niya sa akin, lagi niya sinasabi, alam mo, parang kung tumatakbo na, ano, ng konsihal. Sindahan mo, doon ako kilala. Yep. So every time na may lalaki, babati sa'yo. So, ito add lang sinabi mo nga na networking part. Yeah, that's true. And um, and one thing about that is that I think we inherit it unknowingly because it's something that we've seen them do. Uh, and, and again, <laughs> for us, like same. It's like, oh my God, every every time I go somewhere, um, especially within the startup ecosystem, like, yeah, what's up? And what It can be genuinely you and then it's Mr. Congeniality all over again as we go. But all right, let's now talk to your career. Because after studying in JRU, you became a billing supervisor and a customer service rep. I also went through the same path. Uh, my first job was in a call center. That's why I talk like this and I sound like this. But one thing that, you know, it added another layer of uh, skill towards what I do in and really understanding what I can get done in customer service. Because apparently, it's not an art. It's actually a science. What did you learn in your first few stints, mm-hmm. uh, at least in working for Microsoft as a building supervisor and a customer service rep in HSBC? Well, first of all, um, the confidence really to speak in English. I wasn't really that good in English yep. growing up. You know? I remember that time, I was So that's the first thing that I learned <laughs> in that journey. And since I was able to um, you know, learn how to speak proper English, it really gave me the confidence you know, to receive your selling skills plus the confidence in speaking you know, good English language. You know, I think that was, very, that was a very huge boost, you know, whatever confidence I had back then. But last yep. time, the science the science behind it is very, alam mo if you think na mo napaka simple, right? But it really works, you know, because yep. it it involves a lot of human psychology. So yung whatever things I've learned in that process in that career, I was able to bring that over 
you know, to the future business that uh, family business that we had. Then also here's a stat. So that was very, you know, helpful for me. What were those things that you learned? Just like for me, it's still ingrained that for, for in 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 customer service before, it's so like again, everything you thought was basic and everybody understood it until you realize, like, hey, this is so basic, but only a few people get it. Like being able to listen, get to the meat of the problem, let them vent out. You know, <laughs> don't deny the problem, apologize, empathize, and then try to come up with a solution that's that's the like 80 to 90 percent of cases happen through that whether they are they're irate or not you know you just gotta let them then get to the meat of it be fast uh-huh. and fix the freaking problem exactly for you um what were those things that were ingrained that till now you bring it uh to stat uh first of all you see you're reading the customers i always say this you know to all my even as a family business namin, and even here's a stat, I always tell my guys, um, whenever a customer is is irate, whenever a customer is irritated, it's not about you. Um, it's just that they just really have to vent. So I always tell them, let them vent, let them vent. And then after that, that's when you solve things. Yeah. And then also, the the pinaka important na natutunan ko sa process na yun, or sa journey na yun, is actually reading people. Mm. So just imagine, no, you could read somebody with a voice. Yep. Diba? So that's, that was very hard to do um, for me. Ah, that was very hard to do nung umpisa. But I was able to, you know, learn the human psych, a sort of human psychology in that process. So imagine, you know, a very short wait time. You know, diba? If you put a customer on hold, diba? a very short time, it irritates a lot of customers. So you have to be strategic in doing that things while meeting your metrics. Diba? So, and, and sabi ko nga, I'm, I'm a very um, thinking guy. So yep. I was able, you know, you see people inside you thinking na thinking na yun. I was able to apply that to um, to my work back then. So I can say that I was really comp- competitive when I was in that industry. So I was really excelling at all times. All right. Sounds good. Now, last few stints before we go to that. You stayed a while in JP Morgan as a risk management specialist. So again, this is a different level of customer service that you eventually will have to do. But um, fraud prevention is a whole new game. Can you just give us a glimpse of what you did on a day-to-day there? Because you stayed there for two and a half years almost, right? And then fraud is something that's rampant and you need to figure out. But what were those things that you mastered? And again, walk us through your day-to-day as a risk management specialist back then. Okay. So first of all, you know, JP Morgan Chase was really one of the, the companies or work kona and dami tutunan. Okay. And also brought out the competitor in me because almost all of the employees in JP Morgan Chase are really competitive. Just imagine, no? lahat ng mga call centers of Philippines, lahat ng mga magagaling sa mga call centers, financial institutions, BPO companies, lahat ng magagaling doon, pinagsama-sama mo sa isang company. Yep. I'm not sure how we, how they were able to do that, but um, that's great what I hiring. That's what it is—a great HR and recruitment team. That's what it is. And, and of course, a great compensation rep. package. And, yes, <laughs> that, right? and then, um, but what what we were doing back then really was to first, um, yung kasi I was assigned different tasks back then within the same department. So my first task was really to monitor yung mga credit card transactions sa mga customers. And if there was um there was something out of the pattern, uh, we call the customers um, to verify the transactions. So 
uh, alam naman natin Americans are very are, are, are a creature of habit. So whenever they go something out of their pattern, for uh, for JP Morgan Chase, it's already a red flag. So that's the first thing that we were we were verifying, uh, we were doing back then. And then the next one that was assigned was to for credit card applications, mga uh, may mga red flag. We verify those things. We um, we meticulously question or sinisiay namin yung mga applicants na for JP Morgan Chase credit cards. So basically, that was my tasks uh, for the first few years. But then eventually, I was assigned. I was actually promoted. So nice. I was handling sort of so, sort of a workforce manager or workforce um, analyst for the whole fraud department. So we were you know hitting service. Um, service level agreement, blah, blah, blah. And also we were doing a bunch of different reports for the operations manager. Wow. So, you know, man, that's where I got my, my, my skills in Excel in creating reports. So yeah. Right. But at that point, you, you already had a team. What were those things that you learned as an agent that you carried over when you, when you were given the opportunity to lead a team? Because it's totally a different hustle, right? And especially in a big company like JP Morgan, there's politics involved. There's a lot of people gunning for the same position and you're going to have to still manage them and get them to be efficient. What are those things you learned during uh, that stint as a leader? All right. Well, two things, though. No? And the positive, Muna. So the positive really is more of the competitiveness and also the, the KPI. So if you're all talk and your numbers doesn't show it, so wala talaga yan. Yep. And then second... Um, definitely is the um, the synergy. I'm sure this is very gas na gas gas na to, but the synergy is really important. Yep. So you know if if you mga tao mo is magagaling lahat, but if, if but if the leader or the team leader doesn't fit, um, yung ugali ng the whole team, it's not gonna work out. So for me, the synergy is really important. And then the negative part, naman, really is you know we Philippines are really political. Not really political na, ano, na, na, na who's the president or whatnot. Ah. But more yep. of ano, but they but are more too. of we, <laughs> but we more, but we more, it's more of we play a lot of political games. Yep. Um, especially in, in, you know, in the promotions. Because I was, uh. I was one of the youngest. Eh. I, I was actually the youngest who was really, as it was actually promoted. So just imagine the politics I had to endure just to, yep. you know, um, do that. But, but I guess I was able to win, uh, win them, win them naman. Kasi I was very, ano eh, ano ako, mamba mentality fan. Kobe Bryant fan na ako eh. So, dinala ko yung mamba mentality sa work eh. So, mm. there was a time... Nga, were were you there at 4am every time? <laughs> Out? Already in full <laughs> sweat? Um, while everybody was just trying to get to work at around 7 and whatnot? Wow. <laughs> I'm actually right now, ginagawa ko yun. Uh, 4 5 am to work out now. But, going back to, your, to the story, you know. Uh, it's more of, you know, I, I really put so much grit and hard work to my job back then. Um, and it's more of not really because I want to get more money, but it was more of the whole process I wanted to learn. I wanted to, you know, because I really enjoyed exerting grit in my job. Mm. So I was actually doing it because I, w- I was really having fun. Then so All right. So again, um, as much as you're having fun, there are going to be dark days. And this is what I wanted to zero in. Because there's a lot of, of, of people now listening to the podcast that are still in that precipice or probably they're, they're, they're pondering on making that jump eventually, right? And there's, all, there's a new spectrum of the workforce right now 
where you know they say yeah you know what you should only act your wage you should mm. you know not work hard or just do the bare minimum because that's what you're paid for and they're young you were the youngest getting this done you had a chip on your shoulder right and it's not every day that you're gonna get uh it's gonna be fun again there's shitty parts of the job there's politics i'm pretty sure there's a lot of friction you probably have a boss that doesn't understand what you're gonna do. There's a lot of things, but how did you persist? And what are the what was the key motivation? Because everybody gets thrown the same challenges eventually. The only things that differ is again where we start off. I'm saying again, not everybody has the same starting point. We have a different uh, situation. Are you a breadwinner? Are you not not a breadwinner? But stress is always gonna be there. Pressure is always gonna be there. But it's how you react. That matters the most, but um, for you, what what was that like? Siguro the best. Um, actually, this is the answer. Though. It's more of my upbringing. Mm. As much as I want, kwento it sounds fun, you know, it mm. sounds very educational. But really, the behind uh, the big the story behind it is really dramatic. So I actually grew up. Uh, my parents are separated. Wala sila sa house, mm. pareho. So I grew up with my cousins, my lola, and that was really painful for me. So. Growing up with that kind of um, in that kind of nature that, that gave me you know, a chip on my shoulder that I wanted to be um, somebody else. I wanted to prove a lot of people that I'm human, that they could appreciate. So I guess for me, that was that's my answer. That gave me the motivation, you know, to be the very best in whatever I'm doing and not to quit and to be persistent. But just to add to that, generally speaking, I believe that you know, entrepreneurship, success, whatever you call it, it's not for everybody. We all have roles to play. For me, ah, um, one time I said to my wife, "Nas sa kochi kami ng wife ko. We drive kami traffic sa kainta area. Tapos may mga basurero na asabit sa sa gar um sa garbage truck. Sabi niya, "Bakit yung mga tao na to, no? Hindi sila magstrive um to do better in their life." Ano masabi ko sa kanya? Because may ako, kasi there are different, uh, we have different roles in lives. Kasi what if, paano ko walang basurero? Lahat magaling, walang basurero. Hindi, wala na nagtapon ng basura natin. So, uh, the reason why I said that is because ako naniniwala ko that we have different roles. Mm-hmm. And the success is not built for em- for anybody. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Diba? So, if you think you're just built to, you know, to become a middle-level manager. You know, to be a very small business guy. That's okay. But, you know, um, if you really want to exceed, if you really want to be great, you have you need to have the vision. Uh, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And the vision that actually drove me so much, you know, through hardships, through whatever na ginagawa ko up until now. Right. And again, last question before we take our first break. Just that's the best thing. What was the vision? What did you envision yourself to be that, that was very clear? Because not everybody... It's so weird, huh? Because, um, yeah, and there's a study uh, by Prim Paipon. Forgot the, the real number. But over 90% of Filipinos don't have a dream. And I think for me, you mentioned about the basareros, right? Or those people that, that gather garbage. So if you're sorry, if you're, if you're not Filipino, again, your uh, basurero is a, a garbage man, technically. These people... I think they actually work harder than us. The only difference is mm-hmm. us, our hard work gets us out of a cycle of poverty. But the hard work, they work harder because that's hard labor. What we probably have privilege on, and this is real privilege, is we have access to networks, to opportunities, 
and whatnot. Because hard work is the bare minimum. That's why I'm weirded out when people say don't, people don't want to work hard. Because what the hell are you going to bank on if you don't want to work hard? Right? <laughs> Where are exactly. you going to go? Right? Because the hard, hard work is a bare minimum. Whether you're a basurero or an entrepreneur, you got to work hard day in, day out. If you can't get that done, good luck. Because that's the bare minimum. And that's no guarantee. That's the first ticket. That's your entry to life. Work hard. Right. And then the second part is again the, the other layers that now are conditional to where you are. Opportunities, network, vision, education. These are things that are privileges that not everybody gets. But hard work, bruh. Everybody does that. And if you're not willing to do hard work, yeah. I'm sorry, but there's nothing that to talk about in terms of your immediate future. But going back, one of the most important determinants of success. And that would be the barometer of where you want to go and how you're going to get there is ambition or vision. What was that like for you? Uh, growing up, I really wanted to be part of the Forbes list. That was mm. my youngest memory of what my goal was for me. You know, But it wasn't more of the, it wasn't really the financial part, but it's more of for me the recognition that you know, somebody... It doesn't belong from a rich family. You know, somebody's just really hardworking and smart, working smart, made it to the list. That was really, that's actually really my motivation, first and foremost. But second of all, uh, especially for STAT, when I came up with the idea, uh, my vision for this is to be the number one healthcare brand in the Philippines. Nice. So basically, that's my, um, and at the same, also at the same time, the same time, no, it was more of, um, being a help to a lot of Filipinos. And yung stat, and what we're doing with stat, we're actually doing those two things. So we get the, we have the opportunity to achieve the financial part, you know, to be recognized all over the world. But at the same time, we're helping a lot of Filipinos because at a later time, I'll, I'll tell you, know, yep. that the healthcare system in the Philippines is really messed up. Yep. And again, very, very ripe for disruption and innovation. Uh, let's take our first break, and when we come back, let's uh, talk about your next stint in Pomodoro and, again, how you built Stat. But let's talk about that more after the break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. 
calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with Ram Morales who then told us the hustle that he did. It's funny because we, we have a very similar origin stories and, you know, um, ambition is really the key to get where, where we want to be. But the next thing you did was now entrepreneurial in nature, which is Pomodoro Pizza. I'm not sure if I've gotten to eat here, but what was the, what was the dream when you, you, when, when you did this? Because you know, FNB is not an easy hustle, though it's probably one of the most bankable businesses that you can do in the Philippines because people love to eat here. But still, the competition is is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Every single dude that sells food is your competitor. What, 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 how did this originate? And then what was it like putting it up? Because you've been doing this for a while now. We came up with this idea back in 2012. Wow. 10 years ago. So ano pala, my boyfriend, girlfriend pala ang time natin. So the, the story behind it really is because we, we really like eating out, me and my wife. And yep. pizza was, was actually our favorite. And you know, nung time na yun, ano, nasa corporate world pa kami. Isipin mo, bata. Tapos meron kang magandang salary. So, you know, uh, we actually spend a lot of, of shit money. na that don't. There you go. <laughs> but there, there was this one time, two few days before the salary day, we call it Pecha de Peligre. So yep. we wanted to eat out and we wanted to eat pizza. And then <laughs> we wanted to find something cheap, but something is really good. And we were we were unable to do something like that. So we thought to ourselves, why not you know create something, uh, a pizza that's cheap or affordable, but at the same time, it's quality. Okay. So that's how we came up with the idea. So we started with, you know, um, with a very small capital in a very small um, space. We actually didn't have any idea of what we were doing, so we just really, parang just like in tech, we started with a with an with an MVP, we just iterated and iterated until we were able to expand the business. Nice, but again, what was those things? Uh, what were those things that are again hard? Because again, it's easy to start until you start getting punched in the face by your own business, <laughs> and then you know, because people always like they have this grand ambition that when I just build it, they will come, and then from this this day on, it will be linear towards success. And no, um, success is a Richter scale. Uh-huh. It's how many times you can actually get back up. And you've been doing this for over ten years now. If you started in 2012, what was the early struggles? that you had to go through because I think you were doing this while you still had your main hustle in, in, in corporate. Yes, correct. That's a totally different thing. And, you know, a lot of people start out like that. Their first business is side hustle or a side business. But how did you uh, get over those first few uh, struggles that you had to go through? Um, the first struggles we had back then was 
first of all, our product was not that good. Mm. <laughs> it was really, it was really, if I could say, very underwhelming. Okay. So that was our first struggle back then. So what we did really was just talk to our customers and then got to be, and receive feedback. Wow. And whatever feedback that we received back then was, of course, we didn't take it personally. Mm. More cheese. Actually, usually Filipinos are like there that. You you know, whenever you say, yeah, whenever you say feedback, they always take it personally. But us, we took it differently. And we mm. took it to heart and we improved our product little by little, um, basing on our customers' feedback. And then second, um, the other struggles we had back then was really more of, like, like what you mentioned earlier, we were still, me and my wife were still working back then while we were managing that very small restaurant business. So imagine eight hours work, few hours travel, and then few hours in the business. So the sleep back then was really less. Yep. So that, that, was, the, uh, that was the other struggle that we had, you know, the pressure, the requirement of the business from us. And the, the thing is, we were really, you know, um, adamant. We were really persistent of our goal and um, for it to for it to be successful. So we didn't stop. We didn't, you know, um, give up on those requirements. And I think that's the most important part because it's one of the things that make businessmen, you know, uh, founders stop. Yep. You know, if 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 you don't have the heart for it. You know, you're definitely going to give up. Did you guys have any near-death experiences in Pomodoro? Because again, most people, this is where this is the verse test that you really have to go through. If you almost died and you made it out and you uh, persisted, <laughs> nothing will really scare you as much. I mean, the next time it's still gonna be scary, but if you gotten through that phase, like holy shit, we almost ran out of money and everything, and you got over that hump, what was those like and what did you learn to not make the same mistake again? It was actually during the pandemic. Oh, shit. Well, just just like everyone else, you know, we, we also took a hit. So it, this is the story. So um, we opened an SM branch na December 2019. SM where? And we spent SM longer po. Wow. So, okay. Holy shit. <laughs> so we spent about siguro mga almost 4 million in that branch. Okay. And that was, you know, uh, most of the money that we had back then. All in on that. So just much. imagine December 29, because SM is really expensive. So imagine December 2019, we invested a lot of money in this branch. And then March 2020, shut everything shut down. That hurt. So we basically didn't have any, we basically didn't have any, you know, runway anymore back then. So at first, you know, just, um, I, I, uh, Josh and you, Josh of Shit Music, you guys discussed this uh, during wow. the, the episode. We didn't we didn't have any idea of what's what was gonna be next. But the good thing here is my uh, my wife was, is a nurse, was a nurse. So what we did is we were the first ones who opened few days, if not weeks after uh, after the lockdown. Nice. So we created we already created the bubble in the restaurant namin. So we were able to um, operate right away. And we were able to bounce back from it. We had the strongest year in 2020. In fact, in wow. 2021 also. Because we pivoted right away. We tried to, you know, learn the situation right away. For me, that was that was our uh, new death experience in the business. Um, but, you know, there were really days back then. Uh, we just really wanted to quit. 
Yep. We just really wanted to fold. Yeah, actually, even even up until now, no, there are times that we, we think of that way. But the only thing that makes us go forward or move forward is really the the grit of not giving up. Because like what I mentioned earlier, you know, um, entrepreneurship or you know doing business is not for the faint of a heart. It's really hard. I always tell this to everyone: if if doing business is really easy, you know, a lot of people are business in it. But the thing is, it's not. It's it's really hard. It's really complicated. It's really difficult. Yes, and I, I I totally agree. It's not easy, and there's no there's very very small chance of success. But if you ever get through those near death experiences, those those they call it the trough of sorrow in entrepreneurship, then you'll have a better fighting chance. Again, there's no guarantees in in this path, right? Because if there's guarantees, then I hope we do have the you know the thirteenth month. To think about because we fucking worry about payroll all the time and all that, right? <laughs> no guarantees. The only guarantee uh, that we have is our grit to bet on ourselves. All right. Now, during this time, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is also the time you thought of stat during the pandemic. But this is something, just looking at your past experiences, this is not something that you have uh, experience on yet. Well, how did you come up with this and how did you? do a deep dive and kind of solve the pharmaceutical uh, availability problem of, of, of the Philippines? Okay. All right. Good question. First of all, I actually did not come up with the idea during the pandemic. I actually came up with this idea back in 2019 when my, uh, 2018, sorry, when my son was born. Okay. So he was actually born in, let me tell you the story. He was actually born in Angeles, Pampanga, 2018. Okay. He was conceived about 9, 10 p.m. in the evening. Nice. And so that night, I was given, uh, apparently my son is lactose intolerant. Yeah. So I was given the list by the doctor of the milk that I had to buy back on that night for, for my son to drink something that night. Because another story there is because my, my wife had colds nung siya, So uh, he was not allowed to do breastfeeding so I, w- I basically really had to get that milk that night so if you've been in Pampanga in Angeles uh, back then 9-10pm almost everything is closed down so imagine 9-10pm I was given a list I had to go through about 10 and different thirsty baby. yes correct so I had to go through about 3 cities if you've been Ooh. here San Fernando Angeles Babalakat or Clark area. I had to go through those cities, 10 different drugstores for about two hours. And fortunately, I was able to find the milk. Okay. But just imagine the hassle I had to go through just to get that. So that night, I had the idea. This is the being entrepreneur. You know, right, right. What if there was, an, there was a software, there's an app that, where I could order the medicine or the milk right away and then I'll get it instantaneously. Um, back then, Food Panda was uh, was starting. Sabi ko, why not medicine? But back then, sabi ko, I, I, I thought to myself, you know, this is a very great idea, but I'm sure sooner or later, one of the bigger pages is going to do it. So I had to put it in my back pocket. It was just a really good idea that I knew that's not going to work out for me back then because of the big players. And then a few years later, the pandemic came. I was surprised. Nobody was still doing it. You know, there are some guys who were trying to do it, but yep. it wasn't really, you know, convenient. It wasn't really at part of how I wanted it to be. So that's when I decided to, you know, continue uh, with the idea. But uh, just to add 
the re- um, I'm not 100% um, new to the industry because my wife was a pharma exec- executive. Oh. So I actually have an idea. Uh, so I really have an idea of problems medicine part, you know, whenever she's, you know, telling stories about it, whenever, when I was with her friends in, 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 the, in the industry. So I maybe had, you know, an idea of how it works as well. So, yeah. That's amazing. So, again, you said you were new in the industry. She had exposure in the in, in pharmaceuticals. But again, tech, if you're going to do uh, an app, there there must have been a trigger point, right? What was the trigger point where you're all right? This is an idea I've had brewing in the background for a while. But all of a sudden, this is something that I had to pursue. What was the trigger point? And what were the first few steps that you guys had to do to, to create it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so first is finding the right co-founder, <laughs> because I didn't have you know I'm I'm not experienced in you know in language in coding languages and everything, so that was my first um, first step that I had to do finding the right co-founder. And in the Philippines, it's really difficult to find one. So, but when I was able to find the the first one, what we did really was create you know the first one was to create the website, create an MVP. And that's a, that was the first thing that we do. Nice. Now, in, in that said, again, you got the co-founder, but again, this is also where people get a lot of false starts. Most people don't make it out of the first MVP as well. But were were there any stumbling blocks? And uh, the, the these co-founders was it a smooth sailing? Because some people even change co-founders sometimes because <laughs> they realize, like, oh my god, is that the right founder uh, and whatnot. Did the MVP also get traction? When you put it up, <laughs> okay. Um, actually, yes. No, there's a lot of, especially for me. No, um, being I, I'm a new guy in the in, in the tech industry, I really didn't know a lot of people in that industry. So I, I that was one of my difficulties uh, when I was starting out. So I didn't know I didn't know the right guys. You know, the first few founders that I talked. Co-founders talk. I, I talked to Nadapat, uh, who would join me supposedly, wasn't the right fit. So I had to spend so much time, you know, do uh, because we were able doing a lot of work, and then suddenly we stopped. But the most difficult part really was it, it was more of me because I am coming from you know um, a very uh, retail or, or or old school business way of doing things, and it was really hard for me to unlearn a lot of things. And then right. transition to being a tech or a startup industry. Mm. But aside from that, no, a lot of difficult things really. Uh, for me, it was really very simple. Mm. Um, but it was really a make or break uh, for us. It was really about finding the right co-founder. That was the most difficult part for me. And and I think I think in, uh, I sort of met you in iterative uh, event. I think you were there. I was. I was there. So I was the one oh. who brought up. You know, I was having an issue with my co-founder. <laughs> right. Right. So that right, was me. Right. Yes. Yeah, so. In Kubo. So that was me. Yes, in right. Kubo. Yes, that was me. So, like, like when I mentioned that night, we already had the traction. We already had, you know, um, the MVP. We were able to sort of validate the problem. And the only issue I had was the co-founder back then. So we can talk about more about that later on. Uh, let, we'll do it later. The third part. <laughs> but okay, I, I just want to know, and very interesting because a lot of that, a lot of us come from different backgrounds when you're starting a, as a as a first time founder or again as an as an entrepreneur. And most 
people again did did not get to where they are easy. So there are habits that you form that worked well to get you to where you are. But you said that there's things that you had to unlearn because not everything that you've learned before applies to the for 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 what you're trying to build now, right? What are those yeah. things you had to learn? Because a lot of people also, it, it's not even the, the the co-founder that's a problem. They don't recognize sometimes, and I was a victim of this myself that I am the problem because I refuse to to be nimble, to be agile myself, and I'm trying to put a, a round peg to a square hole. It just wasn't gonna fit. So if it if there's change that needed to happen, it starts with me. I need to be able to learn and unlearn new things for what the business needs and also leave that ego off on, on the door, right? What were those things you had to unlearn and relearn uh, in order to really get some strides as a founder very early on? I think the number one thing is more of being the boss. <laughs> You know, knowing my story, you know, I, I was Mamba, you get me Kobe all the time, man. Sometimes you gotta be Fish. All right. Yeah, sometimes right. So, you gotta be Rick Fox. Just stay in the damn corner and freaking just shoot that corner three. Right? Correct. Yes. Yes. So or if you want, I think that just was my... mid Bedenko. Just get the damn rebound. <laughs> correct, correct. So I think that was my I know that was my uh, toughest challenge for me. And I'm used to being the boss, you know. So it it I'm used to you know the box stops with me. Yep. What I say, what I say happens. So I, I'm kind of used to doing that. So that was I think the my my biggest challenge transitioning into the startup or into the tech because tech yep. in in the startup industry is more of collaboration. It's more of it, it's sort of a democracy. You know, everybody gets a vote. You know, yeah. something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, but actually. You're, you're right, but there are times, there are times, I've seen founders and who's totally the opposite, which is mm-hmm. they're trying to run this like, it's not even a democracy, like a, it's, it's, uh, it's communism. Everything's fair. And at the end of the day, there needs to be someone who's going to be willing to shoot the ball with five seconds on the clock. Yeah. Only when needed. Yes. Right. Like who's gonna be be comfortable with living or dying with that results? Because who's uh, whether we fail or not, if we fail, it's on me, right? Yes. Uh, if we win, great, we all win. But if we fail, it's <laughs> on me only, right? Yeah, you need that type of person, and usually that is the CEO who who gets the biggest again blame and gets that 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 pie. But when when you had to uh, again not really give that the flexibility towards people, what did you learn though? When you started opening that up, because again, you can't be running this also like a, a dictatorship. Like, all right, my ideas yeah. are the best. Is how we do it. Everything that's blah blah blah. Right? You have to get input, formalize the best path forward, but still trust that that path forward. And then if if it doesn't work, then fucking hey, give me the ball, and I'm gonna shoot this this uh fadeaway <laughs> turnaround uh jump shot. Right? Um, how uh, how did you get that done? This is the this is how we do things right now in stat. So first, we need to have a specific data to back up whatever decision we're gonna do. So we just can't make you know, we just can't draw assumptions based on because this is what we think. This is I th- we think customers would love because that. Because you're Kobe. So we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so right now it has to be data driven. 
we have to make sure that we have you know um, very specific or backable data to make to make our decision. And then second, it was more of how do we transition that into product because, like what I mentioned earlier, there, there, it's more sort of a democracy. A lot of people pitch in a lot of idea, which is great by the way. But we have to concise that. We have to lessen that to make sure that the customers would love it the customers would uh, understand it and then lastly uh, i think this is one of my roles is to make sure to make my my team or my people understand what would be the pros and cons nice. that was actually the compromise that i learned it was having i'm used to be being a boss before i just say i just say i want to do this and it's going to happen but here with stat it's more of I'm trying. I'm helping my team or my people understand. If we do this, this is what's gonna happen. If we don't do this, this is what's gonna happen. Right. So that I could help them make a smart or a, a decision based on 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 data, based on yep. you know on, on research. That is amazing. All right. So well, let's take I, our. Uh, I, I think it's very helpful for us. All right. That is amazing. All right. Now let's take our last break, and when we come back, let's now talk about how you gain traction and what's up next for Stat. Let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. 
So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We are still with Ram Morales again. Told us how he was able to turn into a passing Kobe, number twenty-four. Because back then, <laughs> number eight Kobe was also a freaking selfish mofo. Okay, then yep. he became number twenty-four. He became a more giving, you know, type of person and uh, became more respectable. Yep. But at, at this point, right, you can't do it alone. And when you had that team. And you finally kind of had the, the the first semblance of traction. What's impressive here is I'm looking at your LinkedIn, and you have 1,300 orders with 69 thousand dollars, by the way, in in revenue since they started in 2021. And by the way, just before you before you answer that, Ram, just a quick tidbit. What I like about what you did here is you put dollars in revenue. If you're gonna raise as a startup in the Philippines, wherever you are, whatever stage you're in, fucking put. Your projections, your revenue, revenue, everything else in USD. If you want to be taken seriously, uh-huh. right? You don't want investors playing the game of fucking what's the forex again of fucking dollar and peso. Because if you want to go big, you have <laughs> to do it in USD. All right. I had to cool. learn this the hard way. I started doing it around uh, halfway through my first startup. It was so hard uh, just because we're in Philippines. You don't have to do it in peso because if you're ever going to get to where you want to be, you're going to have to take regional money at least. And they talk in USD. Anyway, so going back, kudos to you for that, by the way. How did you generate that traction? 1,300 orders, 69,000 in revenue in 2020, since 2021. Um, how you get that? How did you get that up after you figured out the co-founder problem? Okay. It was more of I was following the YST growth, weekly growth. God. So at Not first, <laughs> nice. Wow, it's the wow, week on week uh, growth. There you go. So at first, of course, we didn't get any orders the first week. Okay. Um, I remember, I remember we just got one order for the first week, and Why then 
Okay. It was actually me. I was the first customer. Mm. <laughs> we were able to reach them our attraction mainly because of the week on week target that we were trying to achieve. Mm. And at the same time, the grit that I was I have been talking about from the beginning of, mm. of, of our episode, you know. Uh, because again, it was very discouraging, you know, because when we launched, you know, we were all gung ho, you know. Oh, we we already have a tech startup, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then you got you got one order for the week. <laughs> and it was you pa. It was very <laughs> <laughs> it was very discouraging. It was right. very discouraging. Right. So, so that's when I applied the grit. You know, I, I didn't stop mm-hmm. because of that one or the orator who was me, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I exerted more effort on marketing, getting customer. You right. know, so fortunately for us, we were able to grow our customers um, from there. And I think we were able to grow our customers more. It's because we were giving what they need. We were giving mm-hmm. what they want. So we were the only ones who can deliver to you fast um, whenever you order a medicine. So right. our tagline back then was as fast as 30 minutes. Wow. So again, and, 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 and from the beginning of the story, I've been talking about grit, also customer you know, um, mm-hmm. experience, whatever. So that's also another thing that I that I applied here. I think that's very important on how we were able to get our traction because as much as we want to be, you know, have a very good tech stack, mm-hmm. have a very good UI, you know, mm-hmm. if it doesn't suit with the customer, users, customers is not is not gonna buy it. So basically, that's it. That's how we were able to get our traction. That's amazing. Now let, let let me just dissect this a little bit because at the end of the day, in any on demand uh, service or on on demand product per se it's always double-sided when i say double-sided there's a there's there, there's demand and then supply and majority of the time right um you have to have an unfair advantage over one side in order for that to work because if you don't have any clue how to get both you're going to be in a lot of trouble it's going to be too difficult and i think again be your wife having access to the pharma side gave you access to the supply. But how were you able to get the supply? Because if you didn't have that supply and if you're selling things on retail only all the time, it's going to be very hard because imagine if you're selling on, on retail all the time or at least have uh, a very bad margin, what are the customers going to pay for, right? You're going you're gonna to get the short end of the stick. Explain to me how you got the, the, the supply side very well, that easily. And then later we'll talk about demand. How are you able to get that? Um, actually, this is we actually just um, from the first few months of of stat, we were just hacking things. Okay. You know, just like how new startups do it. Yep. Um, you know, just to tell you the story, <laughs> we were just buying the med. Whenever we get an order, we just buy things from Mercury from the local mm-hmm. drugstores. So that's that's how we hacked things back then. Because oh. um, our first intention when when we launched stat was just need to, to find validate. out or just to validate the idea. Yeah. Yes. So we really didn't. Um, focus on the revenue. Although yes, we did we did get some revenue when we were doing it. Um, but that was our intention. But then right now, um, this year, one of the goals is to have our own inventory. So having our own inventory is really difficult, especially if you don't know anybody in the industry. Um, it's because you know it's really expensive to buy supply or to buy your inventory. But since I, I you know we we have um, connections in the industry. Um, the consignment part is, and also the support of these pharmaceutical brands, is already on the table. 
Got it. So that's the uh, that's the other unfair advantage that we have. Um, that that's very beneficial for us. That's amazing. Now again, let's talk about demand. Uh, it's in in the fickle world of of users who have a bi- a billion things asking for their their attention. How are you able to get the 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 first few again suki that you had? Um, to get this done who are just really willing to pay for convenience to get their medicine fast and accurately mm-hmm. on time? Uh, first, definitely is the marketing. Um, when I say marketing, you have to very targeted marketing some marketing. I'll give you an example. Why would you sell um, a prescription maintenance medicine to a Gen Z if they're not drinking um, prescription or maintenance medicine? Yeah. Right? So we had to sell to either mostly mga senior citizen or dun sa mga anak nila, which was there a very go. huge Losartan part of our Losartan There you go. The most common one. <laughs> correct. That's one of it. Yes. Combo. <laughs> correct. There you that's go. correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I am so a that's member the first of the Losartan the club, by the way. All right. So we <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> So later on, just sign up sa website namin. <laughs> yes, yes. I, have a, I still have my stash. Oh, All right. we good. All right. Mm-hmm. Ayun, so the first really is, is the target. Again, going back, is the targeted marketing. And then second really is getting customer feedback, which is something that I've learned, you know, from the works that I had before being in the restaurant industry also. That was the other thing that I learned that I was able to apply here is really to get the customer feedback and to take it to heart. Because again, as much as you want to um, do something great, do something nice, a very good tech stack UI. Again, if the customer doesn't like it or the users doesn't like it, it's not gonna work out. So go, uh, people are not gonna buy it. Right, that's amazing. Now let's talk about fundraising. Uh, how did you fund this? Right, given that you had Pomodoro, you again, you 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 got punched in the face early in the pandemic, but you were able to bounce back. And then you have this new business again. How are you able to fund this? Did you guys get some angel money? How how did we get this done? So 2021, when we launched, um, it was all bootstrapped. Me wow. and my co-founder, Kurt. Wow. But then this year, um, we started raising angel money. So nice. Buko, Buko Ventures, shout out. Oh, they invested. what <laughs> up to the Buko boys? Saul, Andrew, George, <laughs> yes. and Carlos. They, there you go. Correct. And they recently invested in us. Uh, even Josh Supan is is one of our angels. Wow! There you go. Shout out. And then the you know, uh, we just started our fundraising September. So, <laughs> so what? So yes, we are starting to um, raise angel checks. And lang just to add another story, we sort of me and my co-founder sort of broke up <laughs> oh. um, early this year. Okay. So what happened? So it was, you know, um, again going back to me as as, as a Kobe me. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> during during the iterative event, I actually brought this up. Uh, mm. I told you know Brian, Ma, Josh, and Javi. I told them we all have distraction. You know, we all have this customer validation. Mm. But the only issue I had was the the user issue. Uh, I'm sorry, the the co-founder issue. Mm. And then at first, you know, I was telling them, you know, my co-founder is not cut for it, blah, blah, blah. But then most of the guys that night told me, maybe the problem is not is not him, it's you. Mm. <laughs> so it, it was a very, you know, um, humble pie, man. That's what it is. 
Yes. It was a hum- it was it was a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. But then I accepted it. So after a few days, you know, um Kurt reached out. Uh, my co-founder reached out. I also reached out to him. You know, and then I told him, you know, uh, we apologize to each other. <laughs> um, because our our issue back then was we didn't have any personal bond in addition to work. Mm. So it was all work, you know. Whenever we talk, all work, all work, all work. We didn't have any idea of, you know, how we're doing, how we are doing outside uh, our, our startup. So after that event, we talked. And then yun, we were able to get back on track. So we actually re- just actually launched again just last week. October 24th, launched our web app. I can go to app.statmeds.co mm-hmm. and sign up. So right now, we're raising um, angel funds um, and we have so much to do for the next few months and years. There you go. And again, the Buko Boys and Josh Supan has already invested here. Again, just shows to show if you... If these boys trust a founder like this and you know, like 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 uh, Ram, then there must be something uh, that you're going. But again, before we we go, what's next for you guys in Stat? And uh, again, for what, what, how do people anticipate what you guys are going to be doing in the next coming months? Um, first of all, next, what's next for Stat? Really is, um, I'm not really going to divulge everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but of, I mean, for strategic purposes. But the first thing that we're gonna do definitely is focus on the medicine delivery and is really take over the market with that niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've, if you've read Zero to One, Peter Thiel. One of yep. the things that he mentioned there about you know being in a industry that's very um, heavily with with competitors. One of yep. the things he said was to was to dominate the market, and that's the first. That's our first goal is to dominate the market little by little. Mm-hmm. Because for stat, um, the other thing, um, for for customers' information, lang, what makes us different from other competitors is aside from the fast delivery, convenient options. One of the mm-hmm. things we're gonna do is we're going to offer ten percent cheaper medicine compared to oh. the actual market for whatever brand it is. So that's how we are planning to dominate the um, the market. Yeah, that's the that's the next steps for stat. That's amazing. And again, I'm pretty sure this is not going to be the last time we're going to have you on the show. And congratulations in advance, Ram, for the next few phases of your startup. But before I let you go, invite people over if they want to download and check out or buy their meds from Stat. Where do they go and how do they do that? All right. So please go to app.app.statmeds, S-T-A-T-M-E-D-S.co. App.statmeds.co. You can go there and sign up and buy your medicine from there. But also, I'd like to uh, no, shout out my wife and my kids. There you go. <laughs> shout out. And my co founder, Kurt, and um, our angel investors, Buko, Buko guys, Josh. Uh, thanks for the trust. All right. And again, hopefully, this is not the last time we got you get a hold of you. And we'll do a part two of your journey. In a few months or years to come. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast app you're listening to. And again, if you did say some jargon, it's going to be in the show notes in hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you want to be part of the community, it's going to be in the Hustleshare community on Facebook. Again, Ram, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.